The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. With same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more, don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down. And if you're new to DraftKings, you got to check this out. New customers bet 5 bucks to get 150 in bonus bets instantly. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code ROSS. That's code ROSS for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net in New York. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21-plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash football for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. It's the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. <laughs> yeah, it is. But it's not just any Ross Tucker Football Podcast. It is a monster Memorial Day Monday presented by, how about those that have made the ultimate sacrifice for all of us? And I don't just mean the United States. I mean worldwide Canadian listeners, UK listeners, and really not just those that made the ultimate sacrifice, but their families. And Think about the brothers and sisters and moms and dads and daughters and sons that people have lost in the name of protecting the rest of us. So that's who is presenting today's Ross Tucker football podcast on a Memorial Day Monday Hopefully you guys have some good food getting ready for later on in the day, maybe a daddy soda or two uh, to celebrate the unofficial start of summer, but also to remember those that, wow, can't even imagine, honestly cannot even imagine, and I just thank uh, the families, since those are the people I can thank right now of those that have lost loved ones uh, protecting all of us. So Memorial Day shout out for sure. Speaking of shout outs, I'll change up the uh, order a little bit. How about going with Gary Ashwell? He is today's patron shout out. If you guys go to patreon.com slash RT media and you sign up to be a patron for just five bucks a month, you get a shout out. You get to ask a question. You get a signed picture in the mail. And you get to support your boys, Ross and Brian. For $10, you get all that. And you get to be a part of our private Slack channel. Chat with the gang, the Tuckheads, every day. And be a part of our virtual happy hours. Patreon.com slash RT Media. Maybe I can be outdoors for the next virtual happy hour. That'll be cool. Again, Patreon.com slash RT Media. We will have winners this week. We have winners every week. Uh, If you look, it's funny. My wife and I were driving yesterday. She pulled up Apple Podcasts and she typed in football. And you look, it's like an ESPN podcast, an NFL.com podcast, a CBS podcast. We are the little engine that could. And when I say we, 
I mean you guys. I mean the people listening. I don't mean just me and Bri. I mean you guys listening as well. You know, most things that you search for on Apple Podcasts, we come up in the first, I don't know, five to ten podcasts when you when you type something in the search. That's because of you guys. That's because of you rating and reviewing the show on the different podcast platforms, especially Apple Podcasts. It's because of you guys spreading the word via social media. And we'll have another winner this week for someone that does something with at Ross Tucker NFL or at RTF Podcast or you guys that take advantage of any of our sponsors over at RossTucker.com. We've got a meat sponsor. You want some meat for some summer grilling? Head on over to RossTucker.com. Why not? We always make sure we got the food covered. Uh, From time to time, we've got the beer covered for you. But for right now, we've got the food covered, and we've got it covered with either Kettlebell Kitchen, if you'd like, or you can do Postmates, $100 free delivery credit, $100 that way. And uh, that's it for right now that I'm seeing on our site. So we need to get another meat sponsor. Like a, It's been a while, I guess, since we had an actual meat. Bring on the meat. Um. Anyway, you can also spread the word via social media. I mentioned that already. How about today, by the way? How about talking with Joe Thomas? You know, I don't want to go overboard here, but he is one of the guys I really look up to to do what he did, especially amidst all the losing. It's just extremely impressive. His mental and physical toughness is mind-boggling. By the way, I'm going to need you guys to exhibit a little bit of toughness the first couple minutes here. I'd say about mm, halfway through the interview, Joe's line gets better. He was evidently on his cell phone. It happens every once in a while. So you got to bear with us on the audio. We usually have really, really good audio for you guys. Brian is the best in the business, but sometimes it is what it is. But it's worth it, especially the second half of the interview with Joe Thomas. So many interesting things about playing for a team that lost all the time and whether or not he ever wanted to see what it was like somewhere else. Um, You know, what he's doing in his post-football workouts, which I'm like amazed by, maybe appalled by, you could say. Uh, We got into the arm length fallacy. There's There's a lot of good stuff here. Hopefully you guys will listen to the whole thing. It's Joe Thomas, and it's Big Show time. The Big Show. Well, this is a real treat. Anytime as a former offensive lineman, I get a chance to talk to a guy that is a couple years away from being a pro football Hall of Fame offensive lineman, Joe Thomas, Cleveland Browns and only Cleveland Browns. We'll get into that in a little bit. Joe, thanks so much for coming on the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. Really appreciate it. Yeah, my pleasure. It's always good talking to another uh, big ugly from my days in the trenches, man. So it's great to be on. All right. So before we get into some football stuff, tonight on NBC, Titan Games. Now, I got to tell you, I don't know a ton about it, but I know The Rock is involved. So if The Rock's involved, I'm intrigued. I love the name Titan Games. And now that I know you are involved tonight, I'm going to check it out. Tell me about it. Tell my listeners about it, the people that might not be familiar. Yeah, it's a really cool concept. Um, this is season two. Uh, the first season was all about getting you know 
all the weekend warrior athlete crossfit type people and putting them together in a head-to-head competition uh and sending them through all these different obstacles and then in the end they would battle to try to get to mount olympus and then try to retain their crown and it was sort of like a uh fan power lifting obstacle course and uh it was whoever could finish the first won their heat and then you just keep kind of keep moving on and so there's different obstacles there's different challenges this year on this season and they decided to bring in a few former professional athletes and current professional athletes to go against the uh, the regular Joes, as they were calling, and uh, just to see how we matched up against them. So it's a really cool concept. Obviously, like you said, everything that The Rock touches has been gold. I think there was like six or eight million people that were watching every season last year. And as you know, the world right now is starved for anything that looks anything like sports. So I think the Titan Games is going to do really well this summer. All right, so that's awesome. So you are so you are one of the contestants, and and obviously we don't know how you do. We just have to watch along and see how you perform. Absolutely, yeah. Even my mom, she texted me this morning. She goes, "Honey, did you win the Titan Games?" I said, "You'll have to tune in to find out." So I'm not giving up the go to anybody. I want everybody to watch and check it out because it is a really cool concept. The show is really awesome. They do an unbelievable job. They spent countless millions and millions of dollars putting together an incredible course, uh, putting together insane graphics and um, really, really cool. Everything that they've done with it, they put all the resources from NBC, from The Rock, and uh, I think the outcome when we see the final product is going to be fantastic. Awesome. Well, I'm looking forward to it. We need something to watch tonight and over the next few weeks. <laughs> I, I, I want to see how well you rep the O lineman. I got to tell you, dude. <laughs> so I saw a video the other day and you were squatting like a lot of weight. And I was about to reply to it and be like, Joe, what are you doing? I mean, when I, when, as soon as I retired, I was so happy to never squat any weight on my back ever again. I had a back surgery in Buffalo. Um, never was really quite the same after that, actually. But I do do body weight squats. Like, I like to get, you know, still have some muscle on my legs, and it's good to keep your weight down and stuff. But, dude, you were squatting a lot. You have to tell me, like, why? What is the logic here? <laughs> so, what, by body weight squats, you mean you still can get up out of the chair by yourself? That's pretty good, Rob. So <laughs> no, you know, the funny thing is that I learned this towards the end of my career because uh, I had five knee surgeries and I've got a bulging disc in my back and the weirdest thing, I stopped practicing for the end of my career, try to kind of save whatever gas I had left to think for Sundays. I realized that when I didn't lift, my joints felt worse because my muscles shut down. But when I would lift and in a controlled environment, I'm not doing crazy, crazy stuff. Like, you know, I'm not doing box jumps and throwing uh, big Olympic lifts around and stuff like that. But, um, you know, kind of a controlled activation type setting, my body felt way better because you're kind of turning those muscles on, you're keeping them strong, and those are the stabilizers for your joints. So I found that actually lifting heavy and kind of staying on a pretty steady lifting and exercise uh, routine has helped my knees and helped my back more than if I didn't do anything. Obviously, I'm a big fan of yoga as well, so I think the mobility and the flexibility that yoga provides is huge also, but the weightlifting is a big part, and it makes me feel good, and man, I just kind of like it still. I, I don't know why. I, I like it as a kind of your perspective. Like, I'm 
never really thought I'd get my entire life, but I was always one of those weirdos that just kind of liked being in the weight room, like working out. Yeah, so I do yoga twice a week. Um, I did yoga this morning, in fact. I love it because not only did I have the back surgery, but then I did my C5, C6 on the wedge in 2007, uh, which ended my career. So it just anything where I'm like elongating my spine and, you know, getting that traction, it's really, really important. Um, I, I, I tell my wife and I tell people, they don't understand why I lift. I work out every day, a lot of times twice a day, like I'll swim at night. I love swimming, Joe, yeah. but my body, and I didn't play as much as you did, but my body feels like it like locks up. If I don't, um, if I don't work out, it, it feels like it locks up on me. Like I have to, I have to do something. Not only do I mentally feel like a piece of crap if I don't, but also, I physically feel worse <laughs> if I don't do stuff. Yeah, my, my my goal, my routine, my mission is do something every day. It doesn't matter what it is. And I love to swim. I love yoga. I love weightlifting. But if I don't do something every day, mentally, I go into a dark place. But also, my body, like movement, keeps me feeling good, keeps all the joints looped. That movement, that's when I start feeling old. And I start feeling my 11 years in the NFL. And, it's crazy. I mean, if I get up and I, I do a yoga in the morning or I lift in, in the morning and do some swimming or yoga in the afternoon, I feel great all day, you know? But those days where I'm maybe a little hungover from the weekend and I kind of wake up and just putz around the house with the kids, man, by the end of the day, my knees are barking. I can't wait to find that couch and lay down and kick the feet up. So, I, yeah, I'm a, definitely a big believer. I, I did a, a little Zoom conference call with the Buffalo Bills line a couple of weeks ago. They were just asking me questions, and one of the things they said was, one thing you wish you would have known your first year in, the, in your career that you learned kind of towards the end of your career. And I said, it's yoga. I said, if there's one thing I could recommend for everybody on this call right now as an offensive lineman that'll make you a better player, it'll make you a better person, and it'll give you your quality of life. If you continue on until the day you die, it's yoga. Like that practice, that ability, that starting to learn and understand your body is so important. I think especially for offensive linemen or for football players because the mentality we were taught growing up is, just go hard, just hit them, just be bigger and stronger and more tough than the other guy. And I think you lose the connection with how my brain and my body are connected. And then you lose the ability to get into the like difficult techniques and to move the way you should because you're just interested in going hard and fast. And really the difference between a guy who's just a good offensive lineman and the guys that go to the Pro Bowl every year is their technique. You know, it's not like one guy is way stronger or better athlete or anything like that. It's it's that technique that you can do. And, and if you don't have that brain talking to all those little parts of your body, those little muscles, to be able to control your your movements and get into the positions of leverage, of power, to be able to move guys off the line of scrimmage, um, you, you're not going to be an effective offensive lineman. I think yoga was a huge part for me of learning that that helped me become the technician that I was by the time I retired. You know, uh, Joe, it's funny that you bring that up because that was one of the questions I was going to ask you. Um, you know, it feels weird saying this about a guy that's younger than me, but when people ask me, like, who I look up to in the NFL, or it's never like the star skill guys. Like, I played with Brady, and he's great, and all those guys. But to me, any guy that plays O-line or D-line, 
and lines it up every Sunday for 10-plus years. The mental and physical toughness it takes. I played seven years. I think I started like 25 games. I was kind of a swing guy. I mentioned some of my injuries. For you to do what you did uh, was absolutely unbelievable, the mental and physical toughness. I want to start with this, though, as you being such a good player. I know it's hard to quantify, Joe, but how much of your success do you feel like was your natural athleticism and ability versus your technique versus what I will call like FBI? So like football intelligence, just sort of, um, you know, tactical advantage of, of seeing what the defender was going to do, which I think is a little different than technique. If you had to kind of slice up those three into a pie of Joe Thomas success, how would you divvy up the pie? I think if you looked at all the starting offensive linemen in the NFL, every single one of them is going to be big, strong, fast, and a better athlete than 99.9% of the population that looks like a 300-pounder. So everybody's a pretty good athlete. Everybody's strong. I mean, you have to have that certain baseline to be able to just give yourself a chance in the NFL because I don't care how smart you are, how good your technique is. If you're not big and strong and fast in the first place, you just can't get into those positions you can't utilize the technique that you have to to be able to be efficient but then when you take when you go from like the starter level to guys that are in the pro bowl every year now you've combined that technique that football intelligence with that ability that was god-given um and i think you know me being a smaller guy i was not one of the stronger guys on the offensive line in general on every team i was on i think more, I don't know what the percentage is, but more of my success probably went into my technique and the way I studied and the way I prepared um, because it had to, because I needed that to survive. I couldn't just go out there and survive on being bigger and stronger than everybody because I wasn't. You know, my, my last year in the NFL, I was about 295. My first year, I was right over 295. And, you know, in the middle part of my career, I got a little heavier, which was great. And it was awesome. And I felt good moving at like 315 up to 320. Um, but as the injuries started to pile up, you can't keep all that body weight on. And so I was always a smaller offensive lineman. And so, you know, for me to be able to try to consistently be able to block the guys, I, I had to really commit myself to my technique and to my craft. And I, I think going back to being a shot put discus guy growing up, um, being able to throw the shot an extra two inches or the discus an extra two feet, it comes down to technique and little changes in your technique. And I learned early on, like to, to study the biomechanics and to focus on that makes you a better thrower. And you could see it definitively in inches and feet. And, and as an offensive lineman, sometimes it can be easy to gloss over that technique because you're not seeing the instant results. But I think the, the detail that I learned in track and field and the analytical method, taking that and applying that to left tackle play really helped me focus and try to be the best technician in the NFL. That was always my goal. I wanted to be flawless technically. And if anybody ever beat me, it was just because they were way bigger or way stronger or way faster than I was. But I, nobody was going to out-technique me. Joe, you played your whole career in Cleveland. You're obviously a happy guy. You're an outgoing guy. You're a great guy. But if you're being honest, does it bother you that you know your whole career was played for – 
primarily losing teams and, and really bad teams? You know, it's funny. Everybody always asks me that, and I'm not somebody that ever thinks about it. I don't dwell, don't dwell on it. Do I wish I would have had more success? Absolutely. Do I wish I would have been able to have a few playoff games under my belt, maybe even in a Super Bowl, win a Super Bowl, of course. But I don't know. I think early on in my career, we had some success, and then we had a lot of losing. And the losing, I had Eric Mangini and Romeo Cornell early on, who were Belichick, Parcells, disciples. And they just drill it into your head, control what you can control, and don't worry about anything but your job. And that really became my mantra. In order, It was like a survival mechanism that I developed. And it got to the point where even now in my daily life, if it doesn't, like, if, if I don't have direct effect on it, like, I have a very easy way of just letting go and not worrying about it. And that was the same thing with my career. Like, I didn't have control necessarily over all the wins and losses. And so it doesn't bother me. I don't sit here, like, wishing that I could have had uh, much more success. I mean, of course, if I had the option, I would say yes. but. It's not that something I ever think about. And it's, it's weird to say, and I'm sure people are at home going, yeah, right. He, he definitely wishes he would have got out of Cleveland and gone and had success, but it's truly something I don't even waste any time thinking about. You know what I think is interesting, Joe, is so I, I, I was a journeyman, right? I played for five teams in, in seven years. Obviously, it was not my idea to get cut or traded or whatever, but um, <laughs> I feel like there's so much value and it's so cool to play for one team your entire career and like you're a Browns legend and all those people in Cleveland love you. And I think that's really awesome. But I also think like if I were you, I would just be really curious about what it was like playing somewhere else. And I know you can talk to buddies and you got the guys that go to other teams, but it's, it's an interesting thing because on the one hand, you know, you're a legend, and it's any guy that gets to play their whole career one place is amazing. On the other hand, though, you really don't know what it's like, whereas, you know, I, I know what it was like for five different teams. I, I'm sure on some level you were curious. Yeah, they're, they're definitely curiosity. I mean, I just I just love Cleveland. I still love Cleveland. I mean, to me, it was, it was such my home, and the team became so much a part of my family, and uh, one thing that I, I tell people when they ask me that is I'm like, well, up until this year, of course, Brady's ruined this anecdote for me, but he's never known anything but uh, <laughs> Belichick. Yeah, he's had success, but doesn't he wish he knows what it would be like to play for another coach? And See, there you go. I played for nine offensive coordinators and I think six head coaches and two owners. So I had the variety without having to have to leave my house. <laughs> Joe, you have a great way of looking at the positive things and uh, and doing. It. I don't know if you ever remember, but uh, I I was calling one of your games on the radio. I think I, to my knowledge, I only ever talked to you in person one time. It was before a game. I didn't want to mess with you that much. I think you guys may be playing the Bengals. You're on the field during pregame warmups, and I just asked you about your arm length um, because you didn't have extraordinarily long arms which is what everybody wants now from tackles, yet you were really successful. And I remember you saying to me, you know, the D linemen, with them able to do a one-arm stab, like they're able to have long, like no matter how long your arms are, they're able to affect you before you can affect them anyway. So you're going to end up having to wipe it away and do it. And anyway, I thought that was really interesting because, you know, I had short arms, probably my biggest detriment as a player. 
Um, and I thought that was interesting that in your mind, you think the arm length thing's a little overrated just because no matter how long your arms are, the D-Lions, I mean, because just of the nature of the posture of the pass rush, is able to get in front, get into your chest before you can get into his. Yeah, I could have a whole podcast just on the arm length thing. Um, let's I, first of all, the way they measure it is uh, sort of uh, ambiguous. It's like somewhere in your shoulder to the end of your middle finger, and some scout measures it, and then they come back a day later, and your arms are an inch shorter, an inch longer. And somehow that one inch is a big deal. Like if you have 34 and a half inch arms, like you got some long arms. If you're 33 and a half, whoa, I don't know if you can play in the NFL. But then I look at some of these guys. First of all, I haven't seen any offensive linemen poking defensive linemen with their middle fingers to block them. So first of all, you should eliminate the <laughs> hand in the measurement. You should be measuring from their palm to their chest because that's how you block a guy with your palm from where my chest is. To, to my palm, to his chest. So if you look at a defensive lineman or an offensive lineman, and some of these guys have huge, massive hands. I mean, their palms are huge. Their fingers are like way longer than mine. And so if I had a middle finger that was seven inches long, they would think I have long arms, but I could have the shortest arms in the entire class. But because I have a long middle finger, just by the way they measure it, they would think I have long arms. So that's stupid as it, as it is on how they measure it. They should measure it more like put a wall in between your chest and then reach as far as you can and then measure how long to your elect, uh, to your radius and all the bones are where they end. That would at least give you some measurement of how far away I can grab a, an opponent. But outside of all that, outside of the total ridiculous way that they measure arm length, it doesn't matter because you are supposed to bend your elbows when you're blocking and no defensive lineman, like you mentioned, if they're going to stab you, they're going to turn the shoulders and stab you anyway. And I don't care how long your arms are, you're not going to, your two arms are not going to be longer than his one when he turns his shoulders. And you just don't see two guys just locking up and measuring arms on the field. It just doesn't happen. Like if somebody tries to bull rush me, I'm not just going to stand there and try to grab him. I'm going to try to knock his arms down. I'm going to try to lift him up. I'm going to do the Hamilton. I'm going to try to swipe him one way or the other. Like, just extending your arms, those are things that just don't happen in the NFL. I never one time in my career, not one single play, said, boy, do I wish I had one-inch longer arms. Because just the technique that you use has zero effect on how long your arms are. Now, if your arms were four inches long, now we might have a problem. But when they t- say the difference between super long arms and, well, his arms are too short to play the position, it's two inches, that's so negligible, it shouldn't even be a measurement at the combine. Sorry for going on a rant, but it's totally ridiculous. No, that was awesome. Hey, when a Hall of Fame guy says it, that makes me feel that makes me feel better. I'm I'm glad to hear. I think it's a little overrated as well. Joe, really appreciate the time. And I got to tell you, I'm I'm gonna watch tonight. I'm gonna watch because a we talked, and b I want to see an O lineman represent. I know you played a bunch of positions like tight end, fullback, kicker, place kicker in high school. I love when people get a chance to see what kind of athletes we really are. People like my high school buddies tell all anybody asking about me. Yeah. You know, Ross was our point guard at 250 pounds and had like 28 threes. Like people, like people don't realize it, you know, that, that those are the kind of guys that become NFL offensive linemen. And I'm going to watch you hopefully dominate starting tonight on NBC. Cannot wait. Joe, thank you so much for coming on the show. Really appreciate it. 
And I appreciate you having me on. I'm going to try to hold up the O-line pride tonight. We'll see how I can do it. And I tell people, you know what, I may be old, but I'm not dead yet. So just tune in. I think you're going to be happy. Thanks, man. Thanks a lot. I like that. Just tune in. I think you're going to be happy. That would be awesome if an offensive lineman won that thing or dominated that thing. I just want people to know how athletic some offensive linemen are. I mean, dude, the guy was the kicker, the punter. He was everything in high school. Awesome. Absolutely awesome. You know, I should have asked him. I bet you can go to bet online and bet on the Titan games. Although that's one of those where Steve Fezzik on the Even Money podcast would say, well, somebody knows who wins. So how are you getting better odds? That's okay. It's, you know what, Fezzik? Sometimes you can just bet to have fun. Sometimes you can just bet for the pure entertainment value, even if maybe the numbers, the stats aren't in your favor. I know you can go to Bet Online, and they've got the online casino, poker, and blackjack. And if you're missing the NFL, they have daily Madden NFL 20 simulations. So you can wager on those. NASCAR is obviously back. We have golf coming back. There's a lot of sports coming back, people. Get excited. But still be smart, please. Please be smart. Like wear a mask. Stay six feet away if you can. Let's keep the numbers down so that we do have football this fall. Please. I want the mic. Please. You know what that's from, Brian? Nope. It's like a weird movie with Eddie Murphy. It's a really weird movie. And he was like, I, 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 I want the mic, please. I can't remember. It was like, there's like a little child from like Tibet in the movie. And he's like, a, the child's like, has magic powers. Ah, dude, that's somewhere in my brain. What a waste. What an absolute waste. Go to podcast one. No, go to betonline.ag and use the promo code podcast one for your online sportsbook expert bonus. By the way, first person to tweet me with what that movie is, I'm giving you a uh, I'm, I'm giving you a signed picture card or email me. First thing I see, tweet at Ross Tucker NFL or email Ross at RossTucker.com. I'm giving you, I know some, it's like the golden child or something. Something like that. Anywho. Chuck's takes. Two items of note since Friday morning, Ross. First, the quarterback, Joe Flacco, signs with the New York Jets on a deal that's going to pay him a base of $1.5 million. Could be worth up to $4 million. So this is always interesting to me, okay, Bri? And most people can't comprehend this, and I can appreciate that. I really can't either, okay? Joe Flacco just had a neck surgery in April. I don't know the extent of the neck surgery. Obviously, the anticipation is that he'll be cleared to be able to play football again. So maybe it wasn't a quote-unquote serious neck injury, but he still had a neck surgery. He has made $166 million playing football. He signs for $1.5 million in New Jersey with those taxes. Now, the good news for him is I think he lives in South Jersey or at least has a house there. He grew up there. So not that far for him to go from South Jersey to North Jersey. He might just live at home. I don't know. But 
1.5 million after taxes, let's call it $750,000. Now, I know he's a back you could look at it and say he's a backup quarterback. You know, he's probably not even going to go in. Heck yeah, I'd play be a backup quarterback for 1.5 million even if he plays, you know, he's probably not going to hurt his neck again. Totally understand all of that. But $750,000 after taxes, like he's he's barely going to notice that. Like it's it's not even really. Now, there's benefits that come with it and another year of health insurance and all the 401k and annuity and severance and pension and all that stuff. So there's, you know, it's it's over $2 million really. But you know, he could also take more hits to the head. He could also hurt his neck again. I just think it's interesting. I, I, I really do. I think it's an interesting decision that he is making. And um, it's just got to be weird for someone that's made like over $15 million a year for like the last seven years, I feel like, to now play for $1.5 million. Hmm. Interesting. Good move by the Jets, though, by the way. Good move by the Jets to get Flacco as a backup. The other signing on Friday involved the Seattle Seahawks inking running back Carlos Hyde to a one-year deal. So stuff like this amuses me, I would say, Bri, in the sense that they, I don't know how much Carlos Hyde received. We will see soon, right? That, that will come out in the coming days. I am higher on a, a guy like Carlos Hyde than other people. I do, I, I do think a physical running style, there's still value in that. I do like a between-the-tackles guy that could pound it up in there. And I'm not surprised Seattle did this with Carson and Rashad Penny both coming off of major injuries. Totally get it. Totally understand. And I think it's a good signing for the Seahawks. What is comical to me, okay, is Devontae Freeman was reportedly offered $4 million. He turned it down. And then either he or his agent leak that he'd be willing to sit out the season if he doesn't get the dollar amount that he wants. Now, if you remember from the last time Devontae Freeman wanted a new deal, his agent does not appear to be the sharpest tool in the shed. And this is another one that's just laughable. Like, if he doesn't get what he wants, he's going to sit out the season, and then what? Ooh. Oh, no. Devontae Freeman might sit out the season. St- cancel the NFL. Forget the pandemic. Cancel the NFL. A backup running back might sit out the season if he doesn't get the money he wants. Like, dude, what a pathetic veiled threat that is totally meaningless the teams that are interested are either going to take you for the money that they're willing to offer you or they're going to move on but the threat of you sitting out is not leverage at all leverage would come from other teams they're not going to be like oh you know what he turned down four million he wants six Let's give him the sixth. We don't want Devontae Freeman to sit out the year. I mean, again, sort of like what I said about Patrick Chung on Friday, where I try to provide value for you guys in addition to the great guests, but I try to provide value with giving you the mentality of a former player. 
like the Joe Flacco thing, right? Like, is it really worth it, Joe, to play for one and a half million dollars when you like? Is the injury risk worth it? And for Joe Flacco, it is. Everybody has different risk reward factors in their life. Um, I can tell you right now, like as an offensive lineman, if I had made one hundred sixty-six million dollars and I had a neck surgery, there is no chance I would play for one point five million. Like no chance. And that's not like, oh, I'm too good for one point five million. I've never made one point five million in my life. I would cry tears of joy for one point five million in in the real life. But I'm just saying in the example we're giving, if I had made one hundred and sixty six million dollars, no chance. No, no, I mean quarterback's different, I guess, but just all the additional hits to the head for CTE. All of the orthopedic wear and tear. No, thank you. Now, now on the flip side, you got Devontae Freeman. I'm not going to play unless I get my dollar amount. You know, it's scary. Some of these guys have representation that it's like amateur hour. It, It really, it is scary. It's also a little scary that I've gotten word that not all of you have gone to RossTucker.com gone down the homepage a little bit, clicked on your respective Amazon button, whether it's UK, Canada, or US, gone to a landing page and bookmarked that. We actually got an Instagram message the other day that intern Casey is handling at RTF Podcast. And the guy said, what is the code for Amazon? And I don't see where to put it in. I'm glad he said that. That means I'm not doing a good job educating. That's on me, Instagram message guy, uh, because there is no code for Amazon. If you simply make a purchase after you click through the button on the homepage, you get to a landing page, you make a purchase, we get, it's very, very small, but we get a very, very small uh, percentage of that. Very small. But you know what? If you're going to buy something for your family on Amazon anyway... That's a great way to show us a little love. Why not? We're not asking you to get anything you don't you don't want to get, don't need to get. Just when you have to get something, do it. We appreciate it. We appreciate all of you guys. Hopefully, you NFC South, speaking of Davante Freeman and the Atlanta Falcons, today on the College Draft Podcast, NFC South, baby. We've got Matt Waldman going over every draft selection in the NFC South. So get fired up. I'm fired up. Shout outs go to the White Label Group, which means, by the way, if you're a Bucks fan, Falcons fan, if you are a Saints fan or a Panthers fan, you really need to listen to today's College Draft Podcast. Shout outs go to the White Label Group, Pizza Boy Brewing, NFLCliches.com, and Dynasty Freaks. Please, please, please have a wonderful and safe holiday. Wednesday, we'll have Andrew Brandt. Wednesday, we'll have the Even Money podcast. And get your submissions in now to be a part of our May best ball draft. Me and Joe Dolan from the Fantasy Feast podcast. All you have to do is sign up at fantasypoints.com. Use the code FEAST, all caps, And then forward it to me, Ross at RossTucker.com, 
and you could be one of the four people picked this Thursday to go against me and Joey D in a best ball 10. Looking forward to it. I think we're done here. Thanks for listening to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Fantasy Feast, Even Money, Business of Sports, and College Draft. All available at Apple Podcasts, RossTucker.com, or wherever podcasts can be found.